0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Afresh Church message podcast. Our hope is that today's message is encouraging and uplifting and ultimately will draw you into a closer and deeper relationship with Jesus, starting right now. Uh, We're continuing our summer stories uh, series. Uh, and, and we're going to open up to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, and if you're in your fresh Bibles, if you have those with you, it's page number 618. Otherwise, just look on the screen. <laughs> it's always up there. <laughs> it will never not be up there unless there's a dire emergency or something. But Luke chapter 5, uh, we're going to talk about Jesus and and he and, and this interaction he had with this man He's a paralyzed man and uh, you know Jesus is just starting his public ministry and uh, he's doing all these great things all these healings all these all these miracles signs and wonders and I mean he's really starting to muster up a a pretty decent crowd and he's got a pretty decent following Uh, and so we find him in Luke chapter 5 we find him at this at this guy's house. And uh, there's an interesting interaction that happens in this story. And so this is what I really want to dive into today. Luke chapter 5, we'll start in verse 17, and we'll go all the way to uh, verse 26. And uh, yeah, so I'll just, I'll start reading again. It, it'll be on the screen. It says, it says this, One day while Jesus was teaching some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were, were sitting nearby, it seemed as if these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. (laughs) Then they lowered the sick man down on his mat, down to the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the son of man, he's talking about himself, that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. I want to talk to us from the subject, from the idea of um, overlooking the unseen. Overlooking the unseen. If you're taking notes, that's our that's our message title today, our sermon title, Overlooking the Unseen. And you know, it's it's interesting how we sometimes we so focus so much on the physical that we forget about the spiritual, or we are, we're often so distracted by what's in front of us that we forget what God wants to do on the inside of us, overlooking the unseen. Let's pray together, and, and we'll dive into the Word today. Thank you, Jesus, for this amazing time that we get to spend together in our homes, in our pajamas, in our cars, and wherever we are with hot coffee and, and a nice uh, blanket and uh, God, I just pray you're speaking to each and every single one of us where we are right now and uh, that you do amazing things through this, through this message and through uh, the words coming out of my mouth. I pray that you, uh, your anointing would be so on them and, and, and let them just pierce our hearts and pierce our minds today. God, have your way in wherever space that we're in. <laughs> have your way in it and uh, just have your way in our hearts. We love you and we give all this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Overlooking the Unseen. Have you ever been, have you ever felt this, this, this feeling of, of being desperate? Desperate. Um, you know, being desperate to, enough to where you would do something you wouldn't normally do under normal circumstances. Desperate, this, this longing in your heart to have something. It's your desire for something. Um, I, I remember when, when, my, when I was growing up, um, our family used to travel all the time. And uh, we, we had this big, old, <laughs> this big old Silver Eagle bus. It's from like the 60s or something that used to like carry passengers and my dad bought it and he like renovated the whole thing and we had bunk beds and we would go and we would travel around in different churches and we would do ministry and stuff and we would, we we were um, a uh, family band, a traveling family band (laughs) essentially and um, it was... um, it was interesting, but I, I just remember, you know, my dad did so much. He did all the setting up, all the tearing down. He put all the equipment away. He, he drove the bus everywhere. He was our driver. We didn't hire anybody or anything like that. And so, you know, he, he did a lot and it wore down on him quite a bit. And I, I, re- I remember this one time we were coming home. It, it, I mean, you could always count every single weekend we'd be out. We would be out traveling and singing somewhere. And I, I'll never forget, we came home one time or on the way home and uh, we were probably, I don't know, It was like a a 10 or 11 hour trip from where we were. And so we were on the way home. We're almost there. It's Sunday night. And you know, my sister and I, we've got to go to school the next day. It's like 11 11 or 12 at night. And we're almost home. We're about five minutes from home, five minutes from home. And all of a sudden we feel the bus pull over. And, and, and we're like, well, this isn't our stop. What, what's going on? And, and my, my mom got up in the front and, and she was like, what, what's going on? He had pulled over into a Waffle House parking lot. He's like, I am so tired. I need some, I'm desperate for sleep. <laughs> and, I, and we're all kind of like, <laughs> we're five minutes from home. <laughs> you couldn't wait five minutes. But, but it just goes to show, when you're desperate for something, you'll do irrational things. To, to get what you're longing for when you're, when you're desperate for something. De- desperation makes you, um, makes you take higher risks. It makes you do things you wouldn't normally do under normal circumstances. It, it, it does something different to you. And, and you know, some of us, we're, we're desperate. We're desperate and we're longing for something. We're searching for something. Maybe some of us are desperate for a job. You know, I, I, I get that. We've, we've, I think most of us have been there at some point. We're, we're desperate, like we need some income. We're desperate for a job. And, and, and you, 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 you would decide to work at a place you never thought you would work at, you know? Because you're, you're so desperate, you know? Maybe you're desperate for a house. And you're 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 willing to pay twice the amount or whatever it is now of what the house is worth because you're just desperate to get out and I don't know move into your own place. You're desperate to get out of the place that you're in now, or you know maybe you're so desperate to keep your job that you're willing to pay five or six dollars a gallon for gas and get there. And you know desperation it does some weird things to us because we would uh, you know well let me put it this way some of us maybe we're desperate for a spouse and you know we've been dating a long time and we just can't seem to find the right one. We're just so desperate and we, we want a spouse so bad that we're willing to maybe even lessen our morals or, or, or lessen, our, our, um, lessen our values, our core values about ourselves. And, you know, maybe we would pick a spouse that we wouldn't normally pick under certain circumstances, under normal circumstances, just because we're that desperate. Desperation does some, some weird things to you. You know, when, you, when you're desperate, you'll do anything it takes to get what you're searching for. You'll do anything it takes to get what you're pursuing. And, and so this, this, this desperation is, is what I'm trying to get our, our minds wrapped around because the man we read about in Luke chapter five, He is desperate. He is, he is, I mean, we don't know a whole lot about his story. We don't know his, we don't even know his name. We don't know his backstory. We don't know, you know, how he got in the situation he's in where he can't use his legs. We don't know how long he's been in this situation where he can't use his legs. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't really know a whole lot about him other than his reputation that he is a paralytic. He's a paralyzed man. He can't use his legs. He can't walk. And, you know, I, I just imagine this This guy, this young man who is is just so desperate to walk. I imagine he maybe even tried to take a few steps by himself before, you know, if if he got in an accident and he lost the use of his legs, you know, maybe a couple months after he's like trying to walk or just, you know, trying to hold himself up, you know, desperation. And, you know, maybe he's going to every doctor out of town and in town and everywhere that he knows of because he's just so desperate to walk. And I just want us to understand the mindset of this man he's just desperate he, he, he he's so longing to walk he's willing to do whatever it takes willing to go how however far it takes him he's willing to gather four friends to go to a man's house because he heard about this guy named Jesus and he's heard about maybe and we don't know obviously there wasn't like twitter or instagram or anything like that it was all word of mouth at that point but you know we don't know how this man got got wind that Jesus was was you know doing all these things he was he was healing uh people with diseases he was healing uh, lepers he was he was healing uh paralytics he was he, um you know the disciples whenever they saw jesus for the first time he he made their nets break with how many fish they were trying to pull up in their boats because they were fishermen. I mean, this dude was, Jesus was just doing all sorts of miracles. And we don't know how necessarily our, our, our friend here in Luke chapter 5 found out about him. But, but one thing we know is that he did. And he heard about him and he knew his reputation. He knew that this guy, he's, he's doing impossible things. I mean, certainly if he's doing all these other things, maybe he can even heal me. Maybe he can heal me of my condition too. And so this, this man named Jesus all of a sudden he finds out he's coming to his town. <laughs> so so I, I would put myself in his shoes. I would do anything it takes to get to this man. and That's exactly what our friend did. And, and he, so he gathered up. He was so desperate. He came up with this plan. He's like, all right, I've got to get some friends because I can't go any, I can't walk, I can't take myself anywhere. So I've got to get some friends. We've got to, we, you guys have to carry me to this man because I, I've, I've got a good feeling he's gonna do something incredible and I just need to meet him. I just need to meet him. I just need to meet him. And so this is what he does. He, he, he makes this, this elaborate plan and he gathers up his friends and, 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 and they're like, all right, here's the plan. We're gonna go, we're gonna to go to Jesus and we're gonna ask if he'll heal me, right? And so they get to the house that they find out that he's in. All, all of a sudden they realize, oh my gosh, we're late. We're late to church. Just like most of you are late to church most Sundays. It's like, well, where do I sit? You know? But he was he was late to the party and he found out that the whole outside of the house was swarmed with people. All of the inside of the house was swarmed with people. I mean there was just there was there was no room. And so this this desperate man, he's like, what are we gonna do? I mean we've gotta figure something out. And, and just to clarify, by the way, when the Bible says there was no room, let me just, <laughs> we, we have different mindsets. Um, just imagine, just imagine, okay, a, a house full of people, right? Um, but there were no social distancing guidelines. Um, there were no really, there was no really like um, common courtesy. I mean, people were, this was the savior of the world, right? So people were just flocking in there like sardines. Can you imagine the smell? I mean, it's the Middle East, right? It's about as hot as it is outside now. Actually, probably even hotter all the time. So packing these people in this house, like sardines with it, you know, 110, 120 degrees outside. And, you know, this is before showers and deodorant <laughs> and, you know, toilet paper, um, you know, this before social distancing. Can you just imagine the smell? Uh, anyways, but so, I mean, this is this is the situation our, our friend gets in and he realizes, oh my gosh, it's completely packed what are we going to do and so they, they they try to get in the house but the people there's too many people in there I'm like all right let's look for another entrance maybe they look for a window and they try to get in there and just no luck and so I don't know who had I don't know if it was if it was our friend uh, who's, who's paralyzed or if it was one of the four friends that he brought with him who had the idea of hey maybe we should try the roof but I think whenever someone suggested it was like a light bulb and they're like all right maybe we should maybe we should go after this idea and that's what they did so they're all, you know, lugging this man up on the roof. And uh, you know, and, and so <laughs> Jesus was, was really popular at this point. So you've got tons and tons of people there, there that are sick and, and need healing. You've got tons of the, you, the Pharisees and everybody that, was, that the Bible says were coming around just to, just to look at him. And it's funny because it's interesting how even as much as they hated him, they still wanted to see what he was saying, but... I think that's just interesting. But then you have, you know, all the, all the, the normal people, too. So, I mean, the, there's an influx of, of all different types of people that are in this house. And all of a sudden, they start to see this, this like, dust falling from, from the ceiling, right? And, you know, Jesus is preaching to these people. And, you know, you've got the sick people and the well people and the Pharisees. And they're all like trying to figure out what's going on because dust is falling, you know, is there too many people in the house? Is the house about to crumble and fall down? Or what's, what, what's going on? And, you know, Jesus is preaching and he's about to get to point number three, you know, the pianist is coming up <laughs> and he's about to close out his really, really good sermon and dust is falling down, dirt's falling down on his hair and getting in his shoulders, as, you know, he's getting on his iPad with his, you know, sermon notes and everything. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, you know, they start to see like, boom, sunlight. What? And everyone's looking around like, whoa, what is going on? No one's listening to Jesus at this point. They're just trying to figure out, you know, what in the world is happening. And they're, they're looking, and it's like, wait a second, there's, there's sunlight. Who, what's, what's going on? And, and, and it's more of the roof comes off, and all of a sudden, there's, there, there's this, this man on this mat that, that these friends start to, to, to lower down in front of Jesus. I mean, this is a sight. I would love to do this as a sermon illustration, by the way, but I don't know how I could pull it off, um, but they're just, they're lowering this man and, 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 and right in front of Jesus. And I just imagine it just goes completely silent, completely silent. And, and everyone's like, what in the world is happening? And people are thinking and they're like, I don't know what to do. And this, and this man, he, 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 he gets right in front of Jesus. And everyone's looking at him. And Jesus is looking at him. And he's looking at Jesus. And he's like, you know, what's 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 going to happen here and it's, it just goes to show that when, when you're desperate you throw all rationality out the window when you're desperate for something nothing can stand in your way when, when you're so desperate um, you'll do whatever it takes when you're when you're if you're desperate enough there's no excuse good enough to keep you from from moving and, and there was nothing stopping this paralyzed man from getting to Jesus and I just want to stop and think for a moment you know what's what's stopping us from getting to Jesus. You know, this, this paralyzed man, he had every excuse in the world that not to get to Jesus, and yet sometimes we can find every excuse in the world not to be in the presence of Jesus ourselves. I just, I just don't have time to read my Bible. Oh, I just, I just, I just don't have any time to pray. I, just, I don't have any time to go to church. I just, I can't take a whole day. Oh, my gosh. Or, you know, maybe the, the church... Me. And I'm not saying that these are invalid excuses. The, every single one of those are valid excuses. And, you know, um, there's probably a reason behind each one. But what, what I am saying is that if you, if you're desperate enough, if you're desperate enough, nothing can stop you from what you're pursuing. If you're desperate enough, nothing is going to get in your way. If you're desperate enough to get to Jesus, being paralyzed won't stop you. If you're desperate enough to get to Jesus, uh, a house packed full of people is not going to stop you. If you're desperate enough to get to Jesus, uh, no, no, no way in this house is going to stop you. You're, you're going to find a way. If you're desperate enough, you're going to find a way. In fact, I know people that that walk to church <laughs> because they don't have a car, they don't have a license. You know, they, they walk. I don't know how how far to get to church because they're just they're desperate. They're 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 determined that nothing is gonna get in their way of being able to worship with with their with their with their family, their church family, and they're just desperate to get to Jesus. And I think Jesus honors desperation. Jesus honors desperation so much. He loves when we're desperate. He loves when when he's our only option, not our last one, our only one. He he loves when we're desperate. And you know, it's it's Jesus isn't hard to get to. It's just our, we just let our ex- excuses overwhelm us. Jesus isn't hard to get to. We just let our excuses overwhelm us. And we, we've just, we've got to be desperate to get to Jesus. And so, like I said, you know, this, this man is, is, is being lowered down in front of the savior of the world and interrupting his sermon. I mean, just completely taking away the focus from Jesus in this moment. And he lowers, he gets lowered down right in front of Jesus, and Jesus, you know, is is he's understanding what everybody's thinking, and he says to the man, "Young man, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven." And I would love to have been a fly on the wall <laughs> during this during this interaction, because I think there's two two trains of thought that was happening there. You, you've got the the one side which you know half the crowd is thinking, "Who, who in the world does this man think he is?" That he can forgive sins you know this is blasphemy this is heresy he's not god and then you've got the other half of the room that 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 says that that is thinking you know this this man went through all this trouble to get to him till he had friends lower him down through the roof tear open the roof to get to this man and 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 he, he you know he's asking for him to walk and Jesus is just going to forgive his sins I mean, come on, we've seen what he can do. We've seen he can do this kind of thing before. This seems kind of like a slap in the face. And you know, maybe our thinking when we read this story, isn't that direct. However, there've been times when I've read this myself and I've thought kind of in that same thought process of, man, that seems a little like Jesus is kind of teasing him. He knows what he's there for. And yet he just forgives his sins. Is that it? maybe you've thought of this too when you read this story it's it's this idea of man he only forgave his sins he, he he just forgave his sins and this is really the issue i want to address today um because i think we we miss out so much on the beauty of god's grace in this story if we read it with this mindset and this this toxic thinking of of how we view jesus And you know because this this man wasn't entitled to anything he wasn't guaranteed anything you know there's no commandment in the torah that says if you're desperate enough and you tear through the roof that god will give you whatever you're asking for this man wasn't entitled to anything you know if if he was it would be based on our performance not jesus so so certainly that 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 way of thinking isn't right. And, you know, God doesn't hand out miracles based on how good you are, how, how desperate you are, how much you love him. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. So, so it's, it's not about what we do, but I mean, why would Jesus see this man going through all this trouble, going through all this, all this these, making this complicated plan to get to him and, 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 and instead of Jesus giving him the ability to use his legs, even though he's fully capable of doing so, he tells him your sins are forgiven and and the reason it kind of strikes us is a little odd a little off is because that's exactly the point that jesus is trying to make here in this story that's exactly the point see see jesus's priority was not to heal the man's legs but to heal his spirit that was his Priority, which which to first, you know, at first might to us might seem a little simple, but you know, how many times have we downplayed the significance and the forgi- of the forgiveness of sins? How many times have we downplayed the significance? Of the forgiveness of sins this you know there's this huge barrier that separates us and god and it's called sin and you know have we forgotten that without the forgiveness of god the church isn't even possible prayer isn't even possible uh worship isn't even possible the holy spirit in our lives the presence of god in our lives isn't even possible without forgiveness the forgiveness of god have we forgotten about this have we forgotten about the significance of forgiveness I mean, if we value physical healing over spiritual healing, then we've got it all wrong. We've got it all wrong. Because through Jesus forgiving this man of his sins, this man on this mat experienced what true life really was, and it wasn't in healing his legs. It was healing his his heart, his spirit. Jesus gave him the greatest form of healing of all, which is the forgiveness of sins. And our reaction to this story, when we read it, might be an indicator that our priorities might be just a little bit messed up. Just a little bit messed up. You know, if our reaction to this story might be an indicator of how we've taken life with Jesus for granted sometimes. And now, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I, I still firmly believe that God does the miraculous today, absolutely. I, I I believe we should pray big, audacious, and impossible prayers. I really do, and you know because we serve a God who always does exceedingly abundantly above all we can think or ask, and you know we we serve an everlasting, ever faithful, ever present God who loves you and who excels in doing the impossible, who excels in doing uh, the the ununderstandable, and you know there there's nothing that's too hard for our God, and because I know this, I will pray with you for that car. I'll pray with you for that job. I'll pray with you for that spouse. I'll pray with you for that house, for, for, that, for, for that healing, for that miracle sign of wonder. I'm going to pray with you for that. Whatever you're asking for, I'm going to pray with you for that but you know you don't have to be afraid of the big prayers it's it's not that Jesus doesn't do this kind of thing anymore i've seen these miracles with my own two eyes i've i know that our god that we serve has has this incredible miracle working power i really do don't 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 doubt the power of god to perform these impossible miracles but god does have priorities god does have priorities he's, he, he's on a mission to do something in us that's above the physical. He's on a mission to do something in us that is above what we can see around us. He's after our hearts. He's after our hearts. Jesus healed the man's legs. He did. And eventually, he did heal the man's legs, but first, he healed the spirit. He, he, and and in, this, in this act, Jesus showed us this, these two incredible things. He showed us that, one, he cares about our physical needs. He does. He really does. And two, he cares more about our spiritual needs. He cares about our physical needs, but he cares more about our spiritual needs. He showed us in this moment what he values most. He showed us what he values most. He showed us what is the most important. Jesus did not take on our sin and and be whipped and beaten and, 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 and mocked and ridiculed and have a crown of thorns pressed into a skull for us to have a great life and and have everything we ask for and have a nice car and a nice house and all these physical things. He didn't didn't die for us to to not have power over these things either, but but that's not the reason he died. The reason he died and he took on this sin, he took on our shame and he endured the cross was so that he could be with us. He did all this so that he could be with us. He endured all the pain, all the suffering on the cross so that we could be together, that we could be resurrected, that we could experience this true abundant life through Jesus, in Jesus, and through the death on the cross and the resurrection from the grave. Jesus made that possible for each and every single one of us. And there's nobody more... (laughs) That, that wants to see these physical manifestations of God more than me. I, I, I want to see these happen. I, I want to see broken bones put back in place. I want to see cancer evicted from bodies completely. I, I want to see people lowered down from the roof because they're so desperate to get into the presence of Jesus. I want to see these physical manifestations of God. I really, really do. And God wants to heal you, and God wants to use you, and God wants to do miracle signs and wonders to you and through you. But more than everything, God just wants you. More than everything else, God just wants you. God just wants you And I know you need a physical miracle today. I know you need a healing today. I know you need a job today. I know you need a house today, whatever you need. I know there's all sorts of needs within the, the body of our church. I, I, I've, I've heard them every single week. I know we all have needs. I know that we all have these impossible asks of God that we, that, we, that we have and we're praying for every day, but let's not wake up for a moment and forget how blessed and highly favored we already are because of the forgiveness of Jesus. Let's not think that, let's not downplay the forgiveness of God. Let's not, let's not overlook the unseen of the forgiveness of God because we're so focused on what we can get from God physically that we forget that God just wants to be with us. Let's not overlook the unseen. And And not to sound morbid too, but, you know, this man we read about, who got his who, who was who Jesus enabled his legs to start working, eventually they they stopped working. He took his last breath. Lazarus, you know, Lazarus got, you know, resurrected from the grave four days after he died. Eventually he died again. All of the, all of the people that Jesus healed from leprosy eventually weren't healed anymore. So it's, it's, I don't want to sound morbid, but, but everything that God does for us on this earth, it stays on this earth, right? And everything physically that happens to us, we can't take with us to heaven. So I, I want us to understand a little bit about the importance of this miracle of forgiveness is that God doesn't want to do something that's temporary and, and will pass away. But God wants to do something for us that's eternal and will never pass away. And there will be a day when there will be no more sickness. There will be a day when there's no more pain and suffering and no more death and no more evil in the world, no more COVID, thank God. There's going to be a day where all of these bad things that we have problems with and all these terrible, terrible things that happen to us. There's gonna be a day when that's no more and the Bible says God will wipe every single tear from our eyes. But that's through the spiritual healing that we receive through the forgiveness of Jesus. So if that's one thing I can instill in us today, let's not overlook the unseen. Let's not overlook the miracles the miracle of, of forgiveness, the miracle of God's presence that's with us. It's with us right now as you're watching this in your living room. He's with us right now in the car. He's with us right now on your cell phone. He's with us right now if you're listening through your AirPod. I don't know. He, he's with you right now is what I'm trying to get across. If we've received the forgiveness of Jesus and we've allowed the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, This is the unseen that we often overlook because we're so focused on everything else. But I want us just to take a moment and realize that where we are right now is is because God loves us so much. And none of this would be possible without His forgiveness. Be no hope for tomorrow. Be no hope for today, really, without the forgiveness of God. And so as we read this story, Let's not forget God's priority. Let's not forget Jesus' first reason that he's here. But, uh, in Luke chapter 19, I think it says, Jesus is talking, he says, I've come to seek and to save the lost. Not seek and save you and make you have nice things. <laughs> Although sometimes we wish it was that way. But the greatest thing we can receive from Jesus is, is forgiveness from sins. And we, I, I, this is something that's so simple that we can accept. It's nothing we have to earn. It's nothing we have to, to, um, to strive for. It's, it's freely given. And I think maybe that's why we overlook it sometimes. But, but this, this forgiveness of, of Jesus is readily available. And, and he wants to live within us and he wants us to accept this forgiveness. And that's really all it is, just accepting the forgiveness of God. So let's, let's take away from this story today. Let's be desperate. Let's be desperate to get in the presence. Let's let nothing stop us. Let's let no excuses uh, get in our way from, from being in the presence of Jesus. Let's, let's, let's leave all the ex- excuses behind. Let's end the excuses. We could come up with a million reasons why we can't pursue Jesus, but none of, <laughs> none of those are a good one. <laughs> let's just be real. We've got to be desperate to get in the presence. But we've also got to not overlook the unseen. The God wants to be with us. Jesus wants to be with us. It's not what he wants to do to us, although he's a good God and he does some incredible things. There, I, I, I pray for healing for my son every single day. So it's not that God doesn't want us to pray for these physical miracles, but understand the priority here. He's trying to get with us. He's trying to be with us, not do stuff to us. So let's be desperate and, and let's not overlook the unseen. And let's know that we're so greatly loved. And, and let's, let's live this life out with Jesus. And I always say this, but let's go out and live life with the one who gives life. Because you know ultimately, life is so much better with Jesus than it is without. So let me pray over us. We'll um we'll end this this uh you know this session or whatever we're gonna call them <laughs> at home sessions or fresh at home. But let me pray over you and and we'll uh you know get ready to to move on with our Sunday. Stay cool. Uh, it's really really hot out there and I don't want anybody to, to to be in a situation where they're overheating or anything like that. We care about you. That's why <laughs> that's why we're online only today. So stay cool. Uh, make sure your car is. It has AC that's charged up, so you can at least have a backup. But let, let me pray over you guys, and and we'll um we'll we'll uh, get ready to, to go. Our I guess we're already our separate ways. You know what I mean. Let me let me just shut up and pray. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for this incredible story um, of of this man that you've you've healed his legs and you've healed more importantly his spirit. And uh, we're so grateful for this story we can read and 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 have it allow it to. Um, Allow your spirit to show us your heart and more of your nature and more of who you are. And um, God, we're just so grateful for this. And God, I pray that you would give us the, um, the audacity to trust you in, in, in situations where it just doesn't seem like the right choice to make, and that you would give us the, um, the, the patience to trust you, even when it doesn't seem like everything is gonna work out the way that we think it is. And, and God, ultimately, um, we, we trust you with our spirit, we trust you with our hearts, and, and this is what we desire most. And God, we're so grateful for your forgiveness, that without your forgiveness, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't live, we couldn't breathe, nothing without your forgiveness and your mercy and your grace and your love for all people, regardless of our um, f- faithlessness, regardless of how many times we betray you, you are still faithful. You are still good and you are still true. So God, we thank you for this. We thank you for who you are We thank you for what you do. We thank you that you made it possible for us to be together, for your presence to reside in us, for us to be your temple. We're so grateful. So we give you our lives as a worship song. We give you our hearts as praise. And we give you all of who we are today, from this day on, to live for you and to live with you. So God, bless our week and bless the rest of our, our day and, and let us just love and praise you and give you all of who we are today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. We pray that God has used this message to speak to you and to show you how much He loves you. And if God has shown you something incredible, we want to hear about it. Please send us an email to hello at afreshchurch.com And if you want to partner with us financially to help our ministry spread the good news of Jesus' love for all people, you can do so at afreshchurch.com give. Every dollar we receive goes back to loving people into relationship with Jesus. We want to encourage you to go out and live life with the one who gives life because it's so much better when we do it with Jesus.